Oh, hey up. This episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you by our supporters over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 Patreon backers get access to our exclusive monthly bonus show, Cinema Swill, where myself and Kevin review some really bad movies. Hey, just between me and you, do you want some more Nick Cage? Well, we've got some over on Cinema Swill. Want some more Robin Williams? We've got some on Cinema Swill. At the time of me saying this to you, there are 14 episodes. There may well be more by the time you're listening to this. If you want to extend your Cinema Swirl experience and get some more full-length, proper episodes of me and Kevin talking about movies, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl to find out more and see how you can support your OTPs. All right, let's get swirling. Swirl! My favourite Minecraft YouTuber is called Grian. It's episode number 59. He does really good videos just about like making a house look nice. Maybe that's all you want to know. That's what I want to know. It's Cinema Swirl! Hello everyone once again. It's me, (laughs) your old pal, Minecraft Kevin Mann, saddling up with my OTP Sam looking at all of these juicy movies growing on the branches of the tree in the garden called Hollywood, California. Hey Sam, we're doing some Nick Cage today! Yay! I love a bit of Cage. Despite all my rage, we are still going to be looking at some films from Nicolas Cage. And it was a tight vote, was it? Pretty tight at the top, I would say. So our choices for the Nick Cage swirl were Face Off, Con Air, and Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona was quite far behind. The other two were pretty, pretty, pretty close to the top, but Face Off took it. For this episode. Yeah, I know that uh, there was some kind of consternation in the, in the comments because I believe there were some people like, butting heads because we had the kind of pure cultness of mm. like a Coen Brothers movie coming up with big Hollywood action movies in Con Air and Face Off and many people rightly looking at, you know, the movies that are on offer and mm-hmm. also looking at Face Off and saying, how to get swirled? How to get swirled? <laughs> and, I, and I want you to know that I hear you and I understand. Okay? Yeah. We're here for you. We we get it we understand there were a lot of people saying you know why not this film why not this film but i think those three represent a pretty good trinity of the man he's a hard man to nail down to three though isn't yeah. he and i say this with no expertise because i've not seen any of them but from, <laughs> from what i've gleaned what i've gleaned i think those are the three many people wondering why it's taken us so long to do nick cage mm. you know here on the swirl and i legitimately when you were suggesting this is the the topic for the next swirl vote i was convinced we had already done nicholas cage for cinema swirl and that was finito bye i'm afraid we haven't kevin that content is behind the paywall over ah. at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl well all in all it's just another <laughs> bit of content behind the, the paywall hey sam leave those patrons satisfied at patreon.com <laughs> forward slash cinemaswirl uh yeah we we have previously reviewed the wicker man no not that wicker man this other Wicker Man with yeah, Nicolas Cage. Some, some top boffins there thinking, I've got it on my iPhone right now. You've already no. reviewed. There's, there's many Wicker Men, okay? Yes. Not all Wicker Men are the ones you think they are. So we, we have dabbled. Mm. How would you say you've gotten on with your dabbling and gleaning of Nick Cage? Well, 
so the performance that Nick gave in Wicker Man was mixed, I would say. Peppered with outbursts, I would say. Pe- is peppered a way. with outbursts. And sorry to say, that's different from my supper last Friday, which was outbursts of pepper. That was, <laughs> uh, you know, a really just a punchy sauce that brought the whole thing to life. Yeah, so I got to see some of the kind of fucking chaos that Nick Cage brings to a role in The Wicker Man, but I also got to see a bit of just kind of, not nothingness, he, he still has a weird quality to him when he's just being a bit boring. But we did yeah. get the famous, how to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? Not the bees. Not the bees. We got some, you know, iconic cage stuff. Punched a bear. Punched a lot of women. You know, he was a busy boy in the Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah. He uh, was, he was outside of that, had you seen much of of El Nicky? The one that jumps to mind that I really, really loved was a film called Adaptation. Oh, which I think was Spike Jones directing it, and it was written by Charlie Kaufman, and it's this really weird. Film. It's a great movie. Very, really it's, great. It's very good. And he plays <laughs> he plays twins, twin screenwriters, I believe. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it, it's a it's kind of a, another strange Nick Cage performance. But a I bit think more... if you can play a twin or a double, that makes you a gold tier acting god. Yeah, I remember that film very fondly, and it being very very good. So you've not necessarily got like goofy, you know, Nick Cage. Oh, I've seen him in Kick Ass. I saw Kick-Ass as a teen, yeah. I believe. Did you see Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? No, no, just I haven't check seen in, that. Just checking, just no. checking, you know. Um, I'll tell you what, a Nick Cage swill would be a really, really difficult one to yeah. nail down. Because there's no one we've done before who's got quite the broad spectrum of movies that are considered solid classics from, like, action-y kind of popcorn world, and also from decent, proper movie world, and also from really bad, straight-to-video nightmare world. <laughs> Here's the thing with Nick Cage. Like, so we didn't do a, a Nick Cage swill. We did a, we just did Wicker Man. So we've not actually had a swill vote for Nick no. Cage yet. But the thing about Nick Cage that I don't really... I haven't got a handle on is I don't know if he's regarded as a bad or good actor. It's kind of... He's interesting to people. He's, he's like... He's not... No one thinks Nick Cage is completely shit, right? And no one thinks he's the best actor in the world. Well, maybe some people do. I say something. There's a, a he's one of our most tattooed men that we've had. As in that, not he has a lot of tattoos, and mm. that people get tattoos of him. He's a unique talent. He I is. Feel that's true. I, w- I say he has similarities with uh, recent swirly Keanu Revio for yeah. a similar reason. In mm. that, I think he is of himself a mountain, an island floating in space of like internet intro memes like the fucking load-bearing poster this guy is you Mm. know like if you took nick cage away from the internet i think it would be a much different place and not for the better i think so i don't know if if in irl real life his actual life nick cage is any any kind of oddball i don't know but i just i think my perception (laughs) of him is that when he's acting he acts big he he goes hell for leather. He's it's very almost theatrical performances from Nick Cage. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the like I think Vanity Fair and a few of those do on YouTube where they get actors to sit down and talk through like their timeline of mm. all of their movies or whatever. And it's really interesting because like for instance when Harrison Ford was on one recently he was like Star Wars that was a movie for which I uh, I got paid and I was in it and I made a lot of money. I don't know what you want me to say. And then it's like Blade Runner. 
well, I don't know what to tell you, but I met Ridley Scott and we agreed a price and then I was in the movie and it was okay. But Nick Cage took every role. He was like, even like shitty ones that you would write Mm. off as being like, oh, he was just being silly and hamming it up. He takes his acting very, very, very seriously. He's a deep process man. I don't think you could argue that he doesn't care. (laughs) No. He cares about this job. He cares so much he made two Ghost Rider movies because he loves Ghost Rider so much because he wants people to like Ghost Rider. So, yeah, we're, we're dealing with an interesting cat here and also returning to the swirl Mm. it's grease lightning himself john grease lightning travolta (laughs) tell me more tell me more is he in this film you better believe he is yeah Uh uh-huh does he play mr face or mr off because i assume those are the two title roles from the post the movie face off johnny face johnny face kurt off Kurt off, like... Oh, Kurt off. Kurt off. That does sound like something that would be used in Middle England, I think, mm. particularly. Like, oh, Kurt out of this store. Like. <laughs> here's, a, here's a question. Mm. I believe directed by John Woo, known for big movies. Okay. Do you know anything, if at all anything, about the plot of Face Off? Because... It's a big plot, Sam. It's yeah. a swirl-worthy plot. All right, I think I do. I think I know something about this film. Okay, give it to me. I think that the two gentlemen in this film, John Travolta and Nick Cage, their respective characters, mm. swap faces? Oh! Swap faces? Here's is, is a question. Why would you be swapping a face like i don't know and why would they go with face off and not kiss or swap like i suggested you know i can't work out why that's part of the plot i don't know why you would need how you would get their faces would you and i ever need to swap faces i can't foresee any reason why we would would you want to well we i think we have similar sized heads so it might not look too terrible i kind of feel like when i look at your face the way that certain people will look at someone with a similar waist and suggest a pair of leggings that they could try you know yeah yeah, yeah. you're a similar build i think you'd wear it (laughs) well on my face yeah, yeah, I think you'd fill it out well, you know? Yeah, I, th- I mean, that would it would just be a bit of fun, but there's not, like, some pr- pressing reason why I would need to inhabit your look. And Do you, uh, do you, you believe know. it to be a pressing reason why they would swap faces, or do you think well, it's a bit of, like, a stag-do-gone-awry situation, <laughs> like, where, oh, mate, you're only putting Nick Cage now. Oh, mate, you've done me there. I'm well, going to be John Travolta. Here's the thing. They're not swapping bodies. Ah. It's face-based, right? So this is... This is the Great British Face-Off, is what it is, mate. I, I don't... I, I tried not to laugh at that, and I don't know why I held back. I was, I was, <laughs> you looked, like, shocked like that I would stupid. How dare you uh, disparage the good name, the great name of the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're not swapping bodies. They're swapping faces. So I don't mm. know if this is, like fully sci-fi or like what freaky friday type of a thing where it's like yeah i don't think it's like that i think it's more uh medically this might be possible right so when i say freaky friday so you think this is not like i've waved a wand and your faces have i don't swapped. think it's magic yeah, there's scalpels involved i think so but then yeah. I, i'm not sure why their faces would both be accessible but I don't. Th- I think they're. I think they're in opposition to each other. I don't think they like each other. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think this is a buddy cop thing where they're like, "Hey, let's swap faces to sneak into the." I don't know. Drug. This could deal. be what I heard about when I when moved here. This kind of double talk. So it is because obviously face off. His yeah. Face is coming off. Mm. But we're gonna have a face off 
That's, I mean, like, if I said, here, do you want to come down for a couple of drinks with some mates? You think, oh, that sounds fun. But if I said, Sam, after work, can we have a face-off? Doesn't sound as fun. No, does it now? Sinister. Yeah. It is, there's a tension there that would be in the air, like. Yeah. So they've, they've had their faces off, and I think they're also facing off with each other. This is, the, I, I think they're against each other. Is this a willing thing? Do you think, like, right, we're going to swap faces? I don't and know then how they would have accidentally got their faces mixed up, though. I don't know how this happened. Who did this to them? Is this, like, meant to be a tale of woe for what happens if you get Hollywood actors' names mixed up? Well, then we'll just swap their faces if Nick Cage and John Travolta are apparently the same. I... I I mean, this throws up the idea that Nick Cage will be playing John Travolta playing a character, and John Travolta will be playing Nick Cage's character. Yeah. So there's going to be some interesting acting going on here. That's very true. For sure. Do you think Nick Cage will be goody or baddie, or goody who becomes baddie, or baddie who becomes goody? Oh. Right, if if you were to show me Nick Cage and you were to show me John Travolta and say, who's bad? Mm. I would say John Travolta. Is that weird? Really? Yeah. Just because you think he's a bad person, though? Because, I mean, that's not fair. (laughs) Just because he's a bad person doesn't think he's bad. I just, uh, on face alone, I get more of a a bad guy vibe from Travolta. He does have a kind of a resting psychopath face, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Or at the very least, resting sociopath face. Whereas Nick Cage has, like, an active psychopath face. (laughs) You know, like, he's... Which, if anything, is more charming. Do you think that Nick Cage swapping faces and ergo bodies, is this going to be uh, I like don't know what fun- the plot is. I but, like, <laughs> is this an exciting situation to put this actor in? Or, with Face swapped? Yeah. Yeah, because he's going to give it his all, isn't he? He gives a shit. He's going to be like, right, I'm going to be John Travolta and I'm going to try and get the most out of John Travolta being me. Oh, God. Imagine if we had a face-off with Arnie and Sylvester Stallone. Imagine that, like. <laughs> There'd be no nuance. But Nick, Nick Cage will have had to, like, give John Travolta lessons on how to be Nick Cage. They'll have had to have that chat with each other. They where they're giving yeah. each other tips on how to be each other. Fuck, go, go, the making of this now. film, the idea of this. Like, I want to watch a documentary about how this was made, man. Yeah, but you're making it they had a chat. That's a solid weekend away. You know they got they got oh, each other for a la- weekend. Uh, lads holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I I love the idea of whatever the fuck this is. I don't know what the plot is. I don't You seem very excited. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever seen you just like there's been times where it's like oh, I'm excited because I've heard a lot about this movie. It doesn't seem like you've heard a lot about the movie. You just heard, that talked about the plot and now you're excited. I've heard the face idea. I know I know that's all I've heard really. And I I get the sense that it, obviously it's going to be fucking batshit insane. Like it's just going to be <laughs> Wild, I think Con Air. I feel the same way about that. They're then these are not like high drama. These are like blockbuster action. Oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm expecting an explosion. I mean this this is going to be like when this movie was being made. The director was like lights, camera, action, and I mean action. You I know, mean- <laughs> and he'd, he'd give a little wink into the camera, and then they say, "Could you get off the set, director? Because we need the shot." I wonder if I'm anticipating an explosion. Perhaps mm-hmm. their faces get blown off in an explosion, and the doctor accidentally puts the wrong oh. face. It's a it's a calamity. It's a, com- so you think a comedy it could be of errors. Calamity. I see. This could be a comedy. A comedy this, of this errors. Have <laughs> <laughs> put the wrong faces on. Well, we can't do anything now. It's too late. You know, we, you're going to have to keep those faces. All right, off we go back into the world. How about this alternative mm. uh, take on it? 
face-off, but it's Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler, <laughs> and it's like, why you done my face-off? Whoa! I, I already have a face! <laughs> that type of a thing, maybe? Look, there's many alternate reality face-offs that we could be watching right now. I, I guess we have to go with Nick Cage, we've got and, John go with Nick Cage and John Travolta. Whatever. Which, I'm pumped for this. I'm I mean, pumped, I, I'm hyped. I feel I have to tell you absolutely nothing other Please than... Don't. When I got this movie out in video when I was a boy, far mm. too young to see it probably, I read the back of the video and the man in this video shop was like, this is amazing. And we're like, this is going to be amazing. And we went home, we watched it and it was amazing. And then I watched it as an adult and it was amazing again. So if only seen it like the once or twice okay but I, I have the childhood purity viewing and mm-hmm. i have the way i'm gonna watch this daft movie now that i'm an adult i've had both viewings and both were immensely satisfying okay so i think i don't need to say you you're right to be pumped sam the people yeah. voted for face off for a gosh darn reason and you're about to find out sometimes i, I go into these things kind of cautious and be like oh well, i think it, i hope it's gonna be good this one i'm so I, my expectations are pretty lofty for the Ooh. level of daftness. Interesting. Yeah. High expectations. Mm. I have high expectations. Bring me the mailbag! Hello and welcome to the mailbag. If I didn't you- just welcome, I said bring it. <sighs> You've made me get up now. Hello. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Right, welcome to the room where the mailbag is. <laughs> Here it, is the mailbag. the mail room. <laughs> now, I'm giving the bag to you. Here you go. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, listeners. You, you know, honestly, yeah, welcome, listeners. I think the reason why people like Cinema Swirl is that you and I worked our way up from the mail room to host this podcast, you know? We, we I, can't, st- I can't bring that mailbag round on tour to all the listeners. <laughs> I've got, they've got to come to me. I'm going to welcome them in. I appreciate it, Sam. So uh, we got some messages to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Now, admittedly, all of these have come into the socials. That's facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl or twitter.com forward slash cinemaswirl or at cinemaswirl for, you know, traditionalists. Yeah, that's what you want, yeah. These are all social messages, all right? These are coming on the socials. We We had some email questions and I put them straight in the bin. If you've emailed in... I'm giddy. I'm giddy about this film, so I'm I'm getting quite excited here, right? But <laughs> if, if you've emailed in, there's no time. There's a film <laughs> to watch. <laughs> Can't be dealing with emails, mate. Uh, no, so some of them I might be saving up for later. So you know what? Mm. It'll come down to it in a few episodes' time. And I, I'm I'm ringing the alarm bell now. I'm blowing the whistle, so I am. Ding, ding. And it'll be nothing but hashtags and gifts. There won't even be questions. It'll just be John Cleese raising an eyebrow with O or L Y written beside it, and that's well, the question. And we'll have to work with that. Well, with that in mind, Kevin, if that's your attitude, it, it is. I'm on the record of that being my attitude. Now we have a, a follow-up message to a previous mailbag message. Oh, I see. I like. Ripping off the classic chain email trope. I see. Oh, nice geez, try, socials. So this is in reply to something that was brought up on the Pretty Woman episode in the mailbag. There was a question about bad cinema date experiences. Oh, yes! <laughs> and so this is just a nice little story for you. Chris has written in and say that that question reminded him of his own personal terror. Back when Chris was 16, I was gifted free cinema tickets at Christmas. I eventually used them for a date with my first ever girlfriend. Ever the gentleman, I let her pick the film. It was epic movie. 
and I was so upset, but I couldn't say a word. To this day, I wonder if my life would have been any different had I seen Hot Fuzz instead. Now, if you're not familiar with Epic Movie... It's a poor movie. It's... It's not... Yeah. It's... So, you know Scary Movie? Yeah, it's, it's one of the... Like, Scary Movies went one, two, three, and then they made, like, Date Movie, Epic Movie... I can't believe it's another fucking movie, movie, and they they got worse than like once Carmen Electra said, you know what, I'm better than this. I felt the yeah. series really struggled to gain its footing again. So that's a real shame that you would be in that situation. I, I when you would when we were talking about the movie series, <laughs> the movie franchise, something movie, I thought, oh, we could do a swell of that, but then I think we we might both perish from how how Ooh, poor those are. Oh man, now you're, you're be talking. Tough going. That would be a tough day at the art. We have to have some really lovely, Thick lovely sludge. We got to wade through. <laughs> to yeah, that's, that. that's you could cut that sludge with a knife. I feel bad because I feel like uh, if there, it's never happened to. Me. Well, it's not it's true because I mean, Joe and I on one of our first dates, we went to see the mm. Postman Pat movie. Yeah, we went, we went thinking this is going to be a fucking goddamn ridiculous catastrophe, and it was. And we we had a lovely time doing it. Yeah. I feel that if we went to see a movie that we thought was going to be one thing, and it turned out to be rubbish, it would have been a sour early date experience. Yes. So I, there is a there is a power that movies have. Like you know, I mean, maybe mm. if my mum didn't get terrified by seeing aliens with my dad, she wouldn't have went to see another date with him. So there, there you, you go. go. Thank you for that, Chris. Our next question, and this is very apropos, very topical, at time of record. W- would you say it's apropos of nothing? It's apropos of everything. Uh, it, is, it is extremely apropos. This question... I'll have to yield to the apropos on this to make sure his decision is final. <laughs> <laughs> this question comes in from Harry, who asks, What's a film series you'd suggest watching when you have some time to yourself say like two weeks of self-isolation oh because at time of record depending on when you're listening to this this might seem weird there is currently uh an outbreak actually as of 20 minutes ago it's a pandemic there is a pandemic pandemic of the coronavirus and some people are being asked to self-isolate at home quarantine themselves at home for two weeks for two weeks therefore if you were at home for two weeks and couldn't leave the house and you had but one film series to keep you company what film series would you pick film series not television series kevin Mm. you have to pick a series of films it's difficult because i was going to say the police academy movies Mm -hmm. but it's quality not quantity isn't it yes Mm. i mean you'd have i'd say like the godfather trilogy but that's like kind of that'll take you for a day or two you know Uh, it's probably going to be something like really broad strokes now, like say the fucking Hammer Horror movie series or like all Marvel movies, because you get like a thousand. And right. I think honestly, are you going to find time to watch Ant Man and the Wasp two? Probably not. Two Guardians weeks is of the not Galaxy that long. Three. I mean, that's true. There might be too many Marvel movies to watch yeah. in two weeks. Because well, even if you did two a day, you'd still have not enough. With, with that in mind, Kevin, my response to this was to go straight for value for money. <laughs> Okay. In terms of what I was going to get. I like, I like value. So I thought, Bond. All right? Ooh, okay. Bond. Okay, we've got a I, lot. I've, I've asked you before about your Bond experience, because I think a Bond swirl Who told would be a, you? Oh, okay, I understand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a Bond swirl and a mm. Bond swill would be a great one-two punch. Yeah, I've seen like a, f- a few dotted around here and there, but not many. Um, mm. uh, folks, maybe start suggesting some swills and swirls for both for for Bond because I oh, think that yes, might be do. a good one to do soon. Pokemon, 
There's a lot there, of Pokemon movies. There are lots movies. of Pokemon movies, but Sam, that's also like could. same old thing over and over again a yeah. bit, isn't it? Like, you know? <laughs> I also wrote down Carry On. There's a lot of Carry On films. There are a lot of Carry On movies, yeah. but you see, if you watch all those, you become a racist. So yes, you can't. Well, that's the thing. But I'd also be like, no, like that. I don't be able to make those noises. So it just swings around about. Yeah, that. but what I would do is I would just point you in the direction of any woman and you try and chase them and yeah, you yeah. go to prison, rightfully mm. so. Now, here's, what, here's one for you, Kevin. Mm? If, if the, do, Does this count as a series of films? And mm. I'm curious about the definition of film series. Godzilla. Oh, that's a series, yeah. That's a series? No, that's a series, and you've now, got they're a they're not all shillion. sequels to each other. No, but it's but the same. Series. It's yeah. in the universe. I do think you probably wouldn't be able to keep within that series is like the US ones, because they're a different kind of breed okay. of movie. But I think yeah. the classic series, you've got a... Uh, at last count, I think 86,000 movies they had made. So, yeah, right. that's, a good, that's a good round number to get you through two weeks. And my conclusion was, and I know you poo-pooed this earlier, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if that counts as a film series... I think that would represent great value to me for two weeks because I've not seen all of them. I've seen not many of them. And it would be a good opportunity for me to catch up if I if I had to self-isolate. You know, it's bad when one of the main things the Marvel Cinematic Universe has got going for it is that the sense that when you've watched them all, you get the feeling that you've kind of like cleaned a dirty room in your house. You know, it's mm. not uh, not really the best sense in the world. But hey, if you got to self-isolate, why not listen to all the cinema swirl? Because yeah, that, I mean, that'll that, keep you going. There you go. There you go. I reckon huh? we've got at least two weeks of content. I mean, if you put all 59 episodes back to back and yeah. the last episode and the swell sure that's that's a rough yeah. two weeks That'll i'm not go. going to check no me neither but i would imagine that that's probably about two weeks worth G- give easy, or take easy yeah, peasy yeah but one more question here and this comes in from matthew who writes is there any movie you watched by a streaming service brackets like a netflix original that you would have liked to have watched in a theater environment instead now, Ooh. I pose this to you because I, I have two recent examples. Because this whole premiering on streaming first or in tandem with a theatrical release feels quite recent. It does. And, like, I've got this weird relationship with that because, like, I, I bought a new telly a few years ago. And mm. part of that in my mind was like, well, I've got this nice telly now, so therefore I won't need to go to the cinema as much because... Like, that was when people started saying, oh, Disney are going to release all their movies streaming now, so the new Mm. Star Wars and the new Marvel movies, you'll watch them at home. I'm like, well, fuck it, I might as well, you know, take advantage of that. That being said, I feel like when I saw the... I saw Uncut Gems, I felt, "Mm, if I saw it in the cinema, it would have probably had more of an impact. Yeah, I felt the same way. And I have kind of complicated feelings on the whole thing of, like, if seeing it in the cinema makes it better. And I, like, recently saw two movies in the cinema. I saw The Lighthouse, and I saw... Eraserhead by David Lynch and mm-hmm. both of those seeing them in the cinema I was like oh if I'd seen these at home I wouldn't have the same opinion of the movie that I do right now which is uh, mm. greatly enhanced by it so yeah my kind of my back pocket says that I should watch everything on streaming going forward but there's a bit of movie magic in the air when you're in a big room that smells vaguely of piss and has got good air conditioning you can't quite recreate that experience at home can you no matter no, how hard you try I clean my bathroom so <laughs> you know that's the um, thing my thought from this was uncut gems but also i've not watched i've watched some of the irishman and i never finished it i got about half an hour in and i thought i'll come back to this i think going to see it at the cinema would kind of force me to keep watching it this is the, yes but some- streaming allows you to stop and go away streaming the- allows you to fucking 
endure a four and a half hour movie. Mm. Like, when I was like 14 years old, a spry young lad, yeah. yeah, and I could barely make it through Return of the King. Like, I was like crippled in this fucking cinema because it was so sore sitting there for that long. And like, I'm a much older gentleman now, and I don't like the idea of being in a cinema for longer than two and a, two and a bit hours, really, because yeah. I get really uncomfortable. Four and a half hours, no way. What's The Irishman about? Is it about a man's struggle over several decades to try and fucking watch The Irishman because it's so fucking long? Like, see, are you going to digitally de-age me when I start to make it representative of when I began watching your fucking long movie, Scorsese? It's weird, but I I want to watch it. Uh, but I, 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 can't, I can't trust myself to do it on my own. I need someone to... I, I have to be babied into just being in the environment for long enough that I will have watched it by the time I leave. Here's a big thing about the cinema that you won't do, and I think almost anyone I know doesn't do this, mm. but you won't be checking your phone or diddling away on a second screen in the cinema, no. would you? No, exactly. you Whereas exactly. if you're watching even... like I'll tell you, even like Uncut Gems, I checked the phone a few times. Uh, I, you know, when I got pinged yeah, when for Twitter... Happens. It happens. It happens. Yeah. But if I'm in the cinema and the man says, "You turn off your phone now," I, I do that. You know, you fucking watch the when you're at the cinema, you watch the movie. Um, I don't mean to state the obvious here, <laughs> but oh boy, you, you're gonna watch it. I love the idea if this could be the yeah, because everyone's sick of that. Hello, makes you notice, doesn't it? A bit of shut up. You know, mm. uh, if you go, Sam, just gotta go. You you watch the when movie. you're in the cinema, mate. You watch. You the watch movie. the movie. That's All it. Right? Turn your, turn your, turn it off. Not, no, not silent. I turn know off all phones, tablets, and young children. Switch them off. Nowadays they're like, oh, you can just put it on silent. No, turn it off. Right? When did they soften on that? Uh, yeah, because there was a point back home in Galway mm. where we go and have a phone going. Bleh, 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 bleh. Turn your phones off, and then yeah. we we'll go. Mm, mm. And we mean off, and it would go oh. like properly off. Like, oh, I we like don't that. I like vibrating's that. off. No, it's not off. It's on. Turn the whole thing off. Let's yeah. turn the whole thing off. We we know your secret tricks. So <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot going in there into the old. And and the problem as well is that there is also the rush and the thrill of sneaking food into the cinema. And try as I might, sneaking nachos from my into kitchen into, into my living room. <laughs> 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 I hope I hope old man man doesn't find out like you know so yeah that's a complex one mm. you know what the real answer to this Matthew will be when aforementioned Disney movies start coming out on Matelli and whether because yeah. like Marvel movies I kind of there is an element of like oh I have to go see them because I've invested so much in them but if I can watch it at home they're not going to premiere proper movies first on their streaming thing, are they? Like well, Biggins. That, that would be... We wouldn't be calling this Cinema Swirl, though, would we? We'd Sim- call it Telly Swirl, a little bit. Simultaneous release. Give over. Come on, we couldn't call it Cinema Swirl. We'd have to call it Telly Addicts, and that's already a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, are you ready to have a face-off with face-off? I am ready. Thank you for your questions into the mailbag. I'm hyped. I'm still hyped. I'm still buzzing. I'm still up. I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be, I believe... One of the best movies you've ever seen on this podcast. <laughs> okay. There you go. It's been hyped up as much as humanly possible. A lot of pressure. Let's go do a cinema swirl.
And we're back. Get your bets in and your faces off because <laughs> we just watch face off. Sam, initial gut reaction to John Woo's extravaganza of visages and explosions. I mean, just incredible. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it is actually a ludicrous display. And I mean that in the best possible way. Because, yeah, because some of the footy heads will be listening to that going, Oh, Oh, what was... Was Woo offside the whole movie? Is that what you're telling me? No, Woo was onside. Wu knew exactly what he was doing, and he, he was on side on our side, the side of the audience, the side of the popcorn guzzling paying cinema customer. Here is who John Wu was on the side of because oh boy, was some blocks busted because that was a blockbuster <laughs> right there. This was such a blockbuster that this could literally knock your bloody block off. That's I was busting my block the whole time because it was just so. <laughs> visually stimulating this was the type of blockbuster that was the fuel of blockbusters Mm. you know yeah 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 i mean amazing mind-blowingly insane was it a surprise to you the type of movie it was because sometimes when we do this podcast in the first bit you kind of you know you skirt around it you might get some themes in some parts you kind of almost directly hit the nail straight through the head and out the other side of the eye i knew the main conceit the main kind of concept of this film the bit the big point you have to try and get over to the producers in the the pitch meeting no no they they swap faces and once you know that that's part of the film which i did beforehand you kind of get a sense it's going to be at least a little bit batshit but i i don't know if i was fully prepared for how mad this was going to be and how bombastic and silly but kind of deadly serious but stupid this was going to be yeah i mean the, you know people always throw around the old adage of oh it doesn't take itself too seriously this movie takes itself very fucking seriously this movie's yeah. all business and business is booming that's what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> literally booming because there are explosions i looked at the movie and i saw that it was a lot longer than i remembered and I'll yeah. tell you something for nothing. Them two hours, 15, breezed by. Well-paced explosions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this didn't feel long, is what I will say about this film. I didn't think, ah, oh, we're heading past two hours. We're north of two hours. I'm going to be impatient and bored. And No, I had a, a blast. That's the problem with the Irishmen. They didn't take any of their faces no, off. that's the thing. You know, you're fidgety around 90 minutes in, Sam. We whip off Pacino, put it on young Pacino. You know, that would have been fun. And the Irishman <laughs> didn't open with John Travolta on a carousel with a little child in what I assumed from watching it must have been a fucking dream sequence because it looks like it was kind of fuzzy and blurry and surreal. Nick Cage it's had a mustache. It was an emotional recollection sound right, yeah. that has been tinged with the sadness and regret of loss. This movie comes at you with a fucking binder full of tropes that you can barely keep up with. Like, like not even the characters themselves seem aware of half the shit that's like been forced onto them here. But yeah, you've got a guy who loses his son on the carousel yeah. one day before retirement, that boy, Sam. It was so sad. <laughs> That boy's partner was only retired the day before. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so Nick Cage, with his Freddie Mercury moustache here, attempts to assassinate John Travolta, but the bullet goes through John Travolta's back into the chest of his little boy, his son boy, 
and the boy has died. I mean, it's so it's dramatic. Like on your wedding day. It's the dead child when you are in a cage. There's a zoom in on the the carousel horse with blood on it. There's a balloon flying away. There's like there's heaps of like super obvious symbolism stuff here. And just, they're throwing everything at this. Everything is, like, piled on. This is like a, an ice cream sundae of a film. There's, there's too many toppings, but it's still fucking delicious. D- to mix our metaphors, this yeah. is an on-the-rails ice cream sundae because they yeah. lock you in, they hit you with everything, and you will not miss a single thing in this movie. It is literally impossible. Mm. It will hit you over the head with every detail, every twist, and there are so many of them. But, yeah, just like that, blap, blap, Luigi killed your boy, John Travolta. I was at this point in the movie when I realized I was referring to them as John and Nick. And then when they swap over later, Nick and John. And that was quite difficult. So in my notes, I've got a lot of John brackets Nick and Nick (laughs) brackets John. And I'm still not 100% sure who I'm referring to when I say those things. And the problem as well with that, Sam, is that these two actors, they're very much leading with them surnames because Nick and John don't really sound like very important people. (laughs) You know, but but John's son's dead and Nick's got his hands dirty. Yeah, like John and Nick are like blokes who work in IT, aren't they? But John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, they don't work in IT. Yeah, you won't call them Mr. Cage or Mr. Travolta either, though. That would be improper. It's nah. John Travolta and Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Cage yeah. I realised in the first half we called him Nick Cage. Very, uh, very informal, yeah, I felt. Yeah, just that good buddy Nick. So that carousel sequence, that fucking bizarro kind of nightmare thing, that set the tone for me straight away. I was like, I'm going to have fun here because this is super daft. We go six years <laughs> it's later. It's very rare, like, when you've got the blood of a child seeping no, on the... No, but it's like, I'm going to have scene. fun. I'm going to have time. Yeah. I'm going to have fun. Uh, we, we, we refer to these two as their actor names, Nick and John. But Nick's character, his name, Caster Troy. Ooh. Caster Troy. Oh, that name gives you aftertaste when you mm. say it. Oh, a nice big bowl of Caster Troy. Oh, oh, God. It's got a medicinal taste to it. You'll have your spoon of Caster Troy or the <laughs> Protestants will come and give you eczema. And for some reason, he's dressed as a priest because yep. he's putting a bomb in, in a... a it's a convention centre where there's the choir singers doing Sam, choir singing. this is singing. basically when we had these types of movies, like, kind of before the 9-11 business mm. of 2001, but long enough after the kind of Russian business of the Cold War, where Hollywood didn't really know who its default baddies were anymore. Yeah. So you got these charismatic terrorists for hire who are like, I'm a hacker and also a graphic designer and also I've got nerve gas. I think this was, we, we hit a peak time here, I think this was 1997, where on-screen terrorism was kind of fun. Like, yeah, it was peak, yeah. it was, yeah, that was it, like, I mean, I'll say, I'll say it here now, Sam, you know, but the IRA could have learned a thing or two from Castro Troy. This guy had a much better grip, it was a lot more fun for everyone, wasn't it? His bomb comes in a, like a big orange lunchbox and when you open it up there's a skull and crossbones on it to show you that it's a bad bomb and it's naughty and he stashes it away Ah, see it's the thing though isn't it because people always say right that yeah one man's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter so like generally speaking terrorism is at best an acquired taste but this is very palatable stuff indeed I feel that we've launched into this 
headfirst going, you know, Nick Cage is going to be the big ticket item here. He's going to be the guy doing the really wacky acting. But Mm. John Travolta, immediately, even in character as John Travolta, his face is very funny to me. And I don't know what, when he's being a serious cop man. He's silly looking, isn't he? Yeah. Any word from LAPD intelligence? If there is such a thing. You know, oh! that, I mean, that's that's almost, if you said it in the wrong way, that's like David Brent type line there. Like, that's really <laughs> kind of like cheeky chaffy. Why don't you just take a break, man? We'll take a break when the case breaks, okay? It, the, the intensity of him here is... I've got a hundred of them, guys, yeah? <laughs> Try me, all right? Uh, yeah, I like that... He has obviously come a long way since our first foray into Travolta yes. with, with Grease. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see Hot Rod Grease Lightning here at all, really. No. This is a much different person. But it does need to explicitly state it, how silly John Travolta is, was, and always will be. Yes. In a different way to Nick Cage, but still quite an intense silliness. I can't quite put my finger on why I find him funny. Because you, you've had his, you, his intense Brent-like silliness there, compare and contrast with the silliness of Nick Cage, who's dressed up as a priest, doing a hard rock jam to a choir, and then He's groping a teenager. He's properly headbanging. Yeah. What is this, Kerrang TV? You can't do that. Grabbing a bum of a young lady and making a very Nick Cage face. I can't describe it better than that. I would describe it as a gif. It's probably yeah. what's best to describe but, but there's a about 12 of those in this there's about 12 moments in this that i recognize from internet of just nick cage's fucking face like he can pull a face the man can act with his face he dials it up here i think we went into our foray with wicker man thinking this will be pure crazy cage to the nines and even though cage technically plays the goody for most of this movie Mm. the little bits of caster troy you get here with nick cage are so fucking potent but he's only there for like 15 minutes playing the baddie it's crazy but you get a strong dose that kind of hangs around with you for the rest of the film (laughs) are we willing to completely rule out that nick cage kind of like haunted or possessed Travolta for his scenes because I kind of feel like he might be a warg. He could be, yeah. It's within the realms of possibility of Nick Cage. I don't know what's going on there. I think what we get up top here that I really enjoy is we get very exaggerated traits of these two characters so that we know when they go topsy-turvy, swappy aroundy, who's who. Because Castor Troy, he's probably like madcap, bizarro villain, super crazy man he gives me very strong joker vibes oh you're talking about jl <laughs> what who jared leo mate oh sorry i was thinking i had john you lewis t- in my head for some reason <laughs> mate jared leo never knowingly undersold am i talking my <laughs> rights because he sold the shit out of that role he's still selling that role never knowingly remembered in his role as the joker but i think a nick <laughs> A Nick Cage Joker is something we've maybe collectively missed out on as a culture. I think he could he could definitely pull that off. We have got it. It's right here. Like, yeah, you know, turn the contrast up. Put one of them filters that they use on Twitch to make your skin look a bit like brighter and your teeth look a bit normaler. And there you go. That will work for him. He'd be Joker because he sort of seems to be a a big bastard for the sake of being a big bastard. He doesn't. Oh yeah. 
He just loves being a crime man. And also, like the Joker and many of his baddie contemporaries, mm. he's surrounded by a clutch of very stereotypical baddies from the time. Oh, he's yes. obviously the hacker nerd confidant. Mm-hmm. And he's also like the big, strong, bald muscle man, you know? There's a very cool-looking black gentleman in the background who doesn't get to say anything. Very 1997. Super-duper tropes all over the place. I think... I don't know when to get to this, but, like, this is so silly, and there's so many, like, cliched things here, but this is done so lovingly that I I kind of forgot before I watched this that action films can just wear their sort of action heart on their sleeve and yeah, just Yeah, you don't be have ridiculous. to be funny. Like, you don't have to try no. earnestly to be funny. And, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love a good action comedy and you know i love a good you know a good one-liner that's delivered in an arnie movie is always classic and i find mm. the bit of humor provides a lot of levity but this movie managed to do the thing where if you ask the director and the intent of it there is no levity in terms of humor or anything like that but the movie is so plainly batshit insane but take, yeah. doesn't doesn't let on that it's crazy this is it, it's yeah it's very uh, very cathartic watch it's a movie that really wants us to have fun watching it I think. Well, that's why you get lines like, this is a very big gun, fly the fucking plane! (laughs) Yes. You know? I've heard of snakes on a plane, Sam, but doinks on a plane? (sighs) He's there smoking drugs, and they're having a big plane chase, and we're only 15 minutes in. His two golden guns? (laughs) He's got (laughs) golden pistols? Well, that's because he got the day one DLC pack, mate, that's what <laughs> His little hacker brother is called Pollux. I mean, what? Now, the only thing that was missing was the little brother to go, I've calculated the trajectory of our escape, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Nick loves his little brother Pollux, and you can tell this because he he kneels down to do his shoelaces up for him, and you think, oh, okay, yeah, he really cares for his brother, he wants to make sure he's okay and stuff like that. And then, to really hammer it home, he, he gets up and says, I really love you, I, I just love you. You're my brother and I love you, and I care about you, you're my brother. So just to make it clear. I feel like this movie could have like really benefited from a few times saying, Note, this is an important plot point or, or element. Mm. Hang on to this in your back pocket for later, you the know? Shoelace bit. There are a lot of breadcrumbs dropped along the trail here, you know? Very, very... Some subtle callbacks throughout the movie, let's just say. Then we get a great scene where John Travolta plays chicken with a jet, and his buddy cop is like, Are you going to play chicken with a motherfucking jet? And he does. Yeah, so this is... They're trying to stop a plane with cars... And helicopters. Someone's never played GTA Online because <laughs> that does not work. On a runway. There's an FBI agent in disguise on the plane. She's had to kiss. Well, she's had to suck Nick Cage's tongue. Because that's something he says when he's flirting and talks about eating peaches and things. He's a, he's a grotesque man. He's a slippery son of a gun, isn't he? he? He's a, a slippery bugger. Uh, he's holding the, the FBI lady hostage. While John Travolta, I think, at one point is... In a helicopter? Oh no, this is before he gets in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Because Nick Cage kills the FBI lady and then does the most snarky face and like a little kind of shrug. <laughs> like Jimmy Carr telling a racist joke kind of a face. Yeah, exactly. That kind of like, I killed your friend. But you, but you gotta laugh, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta it's, laugh. It's beautifully repugnant, is what I wrote in, <laughs> in, in my notes. And so John Travolta gets in a fucking helicopter. He can pilot a helicopter. Of course he can. He's John Travolta. Yeah. And Nick Cage kills the pilot of the plane and tries to steer the plane himself. And sure, he only booms it right into that hangar, so he does. So all of this has happened. There's a big plane crash, but the plane hadn't even taken off, mate. 
And you think, oh, well, that's that's it for this sequence. We've had our fun here. But you know what I love, Sam? When we get the big explosion, and this happens with a number of explosions throughout the movie, hmm. is that there's legit whistly fireworks as well. It'll go yeah. boom, and then... <laughs> like, it's so fucking funny. It's like someone's celebrating the explosion as it's happening. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you want another cliche trope that I love? Is it Nick Cage becoming Max Payne in slow motion? Yes, the slow motion <laughs> dive out of a door, sideways, both guns firing at once. Oh, it, oh, it's good. This film has big old heaping dollops of slow motion all over it, and it, it's it's lovely. I think if you took away the slow motion, we would have been looking closer to a 90-minute affair, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the slow-mo is lovingly done and frequently used correctly, so... I would say about 30 to 40% of this film is not in actual regular motion. It's yeah, and also as well, it's, it's not even just things you might think, like explosions and shootouts. The bit earlier where, like, with his son, that was in slow motion, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not just all of it, like, the entire bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. before he died, as he was dying, as he died, yeah. John Woo seems to like fabric flapping around in slow motion because whenever Nick Cage has got a coat or someone's got some sort of tarp or there's any kind of fabric that can blow around that's always shot in slow motion he likes likes swooshy stuff and also I'll tell you what John Woo loves he loves his Christian imagery doesn't he fuck Mm. me there is a not since a young passion of the Christ himself was on this show that we've seen such blatant Christian imagery there's a lot a lot in this movie I mean these action sequences are are brilliant action sequences aren't they that that shootout oh, breathtaking in like. this room with like reflective surfaces and lights that look really nice on camera there's little shots like a kind of blurry light effect that just I can't describe it but it, it looks it's, it's beautiful it's the peak time isn't it from before we had digital explosions yeah and this is where we got physical effects so like they actually blew up an airport for this like they right. fucking just blew up a whole airport and like they didn't have an airport in that city anymore but obviously like the movie industry needed this and the city took it on the chin like you know that's why there's not an airport in new jersey anymore it just happened you know i would describe some of this action as glamorous oh yeah when there's fireworks going off it's glamorous yeah i mean like it's very a lot of the explosions are very gold and uh opulent explosions it's not very much red it's very always very on the golden platinum side of things these big booms hey i like that they have their showdown or face down sorry face (laughs) off your big show off a show face and they have a, you know there's, there's a lot going on with these two characters mm. and in many respects Nick Cage wants to seduce him to the dark side he's got a very tempting offer come blow shit up it's fun yeah try terrorism for hire mate and, I mean that's that's so good That that's what made me think of like the whole Joker thing like just I like being a terrorist I blow shit up it's fun way I'm singing I'm goofy I'm dancing I'm having a good time I'm mad then he barks some as well yeah uh, then yeah. he begs and then he cries and then he gets a knife out and then he sings he's a very busy man yes he gets jet engines into a big grate that would have liquefied a lesser man Sam yeah but no he's he's too robust for that so he just gets grated well he doesn't get grated like cheese right? he just gets hit into the grate and then he's like oh great not this <laughs> And that's the end of him, like. And then I was thinking, well, there we are, wrapped up. Castor Troy has been apprehended. I assume he's going to go to prison where his face will be taken off and the movie will end. Roll credits, please. Roll credits. 
the teenage daughter is revealed. We come home after a successful bust, mm. and whoa, we get a hard crash zoom in on her fucking mascara because she's not like most girls. She's different, Sam. And John Travolta doesn't know what to think. His daughter's a goth. I'm going to say it. That's what happened. She's 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 gothic. She's got the goth look. But appa- apparently this changes every week. And he's like, who, who are you today? Who, is this you? Does this represent you? Who are you? As Ozzy and Kelly Osbourne once said, we're going through phases. <laughs> uh, and that's what is happening here. It's a lot of phases, isn't it? Do you ever yeah. have a, a phase? Were you a goth for a hot minute back in the day? Or were you a skater boy? I said, see you later, boy. I was very much a skater boy. Still am a skater boy, mate. Love skating. But I, I hung around with the goths and the grebs <laughs> I heard that word for the first time recently I thought it was an NPC in an early Morrowind or something but no, no it's, it's an actual thing I was goth and greb adjacent but I was never fully goth you know I hung out with them all the goths, the grebs, the grunks, the dongans you know yeah. all, all of them you know all of them I, I didn't really quite go through a full on emo face I've had long hair you know I've had long hair but he did care, so it doesn't count. And who hasn't in this day and age, you know? Me. You not you not ever had long hair. I've never. I mean, like 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 shoulder length. No, like my hair's just kind of grown out, and like it's grown yeah. over my ears, and it's gotten like quite like a mane. But my hair just kind of grows hair. up and out. Yeah, it's yeah. big. It's not it's not a long thing. Like, You've never you know? grown it out. No, I've not because it's quality, not quantity, Sam. And I've got enough of both to be honest for days. So all right, fair enough. Okay. There yeah. you go. No, big, big words from a big man with big hair. I don't think it comes off of the podcast, and I worry the fans don't know. And what the I hair thing? That it's big, yeah, yeah, it's big hair. I mean, it's the it. cartoon does it justice. Yes, but I just feel like I don't think people think, oh, that's cartoon exaggeration. I was quite like that in real life. Well, if you want to just like rub your hair on the <laughs> on the mic to try and well, listen. listen, listen to the softness of this. Okay, there you go. Ah, lovely. But the bristle stuff. of the beard. Oh. Different noises, different noises there. There's different consistencies to the hair, which is important. And, good. and yeah, or, or delving into ASMR. I mean, this podcast will just basically be entirely ASMR within the next three to four episodes. But this is this is what we call a soft launch. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, yeah, there's goth daughter. She's dropping upset. But John Travolta's home to reveal to his wife, Eve, honey. He doesn't say honey, but he's like... I got him, Eve. We compromised him to a permanent end. <laughs> uh, it was really great. You it's know. over. It's over. And you know what? It's over. It's over. And therefore, they're having a bit of a party. And instead of being a good boy and grabbing the drink and going, to the glorious dead, he's like, what about Johnny and Pat and Tony? And then he takes the bottle and goes. Well, people have died. All right, Come on. Well, yeah, what about the people in the room who want to have a bit of the drink there now, yeah. you big scabby bastard, huh? F- forget about the people who have died. This party has died, mate, because of your stinking attitude. Travolta, don't you think you could do the fake outrage and leave with the food or drink move? I invented that move. <laughs> <laughs> look um, at the size of this pepperoni pizza I'm outraged and then I'm gone you know <laughs> and then people think I'm on the blower to Papa John's I'm not I'm in the toilet mate eating I'm, pizza. I'm, I'm eating pizza um, mate stuffed crust stuffed Kevin that's what I'm talking about we get some great computer screen stuff throughout this whole film oh, we get we, well we get like case closed over the picture of Nick Cage in big red block letters that's good and also Pollock's with his weird floppy disk 
has he he kind of programs in sexy cartoon teletext ladies onto yeah, all of really his Yeah, it really reminded me of CFAX from back yeah. in the day in teletext. Yeah, I got quite uh. nostalgic for a bamboozle when I saw the sexy lady release a nerve toxin. And we see some of the bomb plans and we know there's a bomb happening, but we don't know where the bomb's going to be. So we've got we got to go to Pollock's, mate. And this is where the movie is kind of saying, look, We've got around an hour and 45 to 50 minutes to subtly tell the story, or we can literally have one person you never really see again go up to John Travolta and say, hey, do you want to swap faces? We have scientists who have it ready to go, and they already have your face ready to go, and yeah, Caster Troy's a turnip, so why don't you become him? Yeah, so if it, uh, am I right in thinking that the reason why they need to swap his face... Is because Pollux, who, by the way, in the interview room, has the most disgustingly 90s chroma key green shirt on that I really loved. You know that, like, green oh, screen yeah. green shirt? Ah, disgusting. It's alien Love it. puke green is what it yes, is. Now, but Pollux is a bollocks, though, in fairness. Yeah, like. Pollux is a bollocks, and he won't give away the, the bomb situation to anyone. He won't talk to anyone about the bomb. He won't tell you where the bomb is. So their plan, if I understand this correctly, is put Nick Cage's face... Onto John Travolta, so that Pollux will trust him and tell him where the bomb is. Now, what I like to think was the amount of law enforcement officials and people from, like, the FBI and the Justice Department, people who, like, hunt people for a living for the law, and how many people saw this scene and then turned to their partner and go, why didn't we think of that? Like, why don't we do that? You remember that murder? He murdered all those people (laughs) and he literally just got away with it. Why don't we do that? Why yeah. would we do that? Like, I mean, there's there's not too much science on display in terms of how uh, they, lasers. What are you talking about? It's the most scientific they, thing there is. They do some lasers. They change your face. They put a weird microchip in your throat to make you talk different. They make you a bit less fat or a bit more fat. They change your height. It's fine. It's all fine. But it's completely reversible. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We've built Gavin Belson from Silicon Valley a new ear, so everything's going to be okay. We're fine. And also as well, no one really pays attention to John Travolta or Nick Cage's bodies, right? You guys kind of look the same anyway, so whatever, you know? Roughly, yeah. So if he doesn't swap his face, the bomb's going to blow up and people will die, so that's the pressure there. And also you got pressure from them interrogating these Eurotrash baddies who aren't giving them nothing. They're like, how's your dead son? Oh! And he he properly bites to that. He rises to that. When that happened, when when this baldy bad guy was like, hey, Sean, how's your dead son? Which is a great thing for a bad guy to say. Like, not even how's your son. How's makes your dead son? So they're not going to go, mm, hang on, he's dead. But they're like, yeah. oh, wait, you're just kicking down the door here. You're not even knocking. There's no subtlety in this film, and that's important. That's good. I like that, that everything is, is laid on thick. How's your dead son? I thought John Travolta's character might not rise to it, and he might sort of be brave and be like, no, I can't flip out. But he flips out and he uh, gets very violent. Yeah, he, he takes the base. Basically, in this movie, anytime there's any sort of a bait for John Travolta in terms of a provocation, he'll take it. The other bait that he will always take is touching his or someone else's face. Oh, the face thing? The, the, the hand face down thing. The face? Now, we're in the midst of a pandemic when you're listening to this. This is in mm. March of 2020. It is. Where we are having COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And face touching is something that is on everyone's mind, as is hand washing. And mm-hmm. it's like we watched a movie where people wash their hands every five seconds. And you're like, oh, this is really pertinent. They touch each other's face and their All own the faces. Time. And 
Every face gets touched in this movie. Well, it's face off, mate. Not a little touch, a big bleh, like a cat, a cat who wants you to know he really doesn't love you. Well, the, so the romantic <laughs> gestures between the entire Travolta, and I'm going to keep calling them, the, you know, John Travolta's family. It's what he would have wanted. Is just running your hand down the entirety of someone's face. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't look cute. It doesn't. I don't. I don't like it. It's just like batting someone's face with your hand. I mean, so that's just, what they just do at home right now. Imagine this. Imagine if your mum or your dad or whatever did that to you, like. And they did it as a kid, and you had to do it as an adult. Like, is there a really awkward point when you're, like, 14, where you're like, stop touching my fucking face? Yeah. And if they were doing it, just running their hand down your face entirely, it would be a, a different kettle of fish altogether. I don't want no face touching like that, COVID-19 or otherwise. More plot devices here. For some reason, he can't... He's not allowed to tell his wife that he's turning into Nick Cage for a bit. It's undercover, Sam. You see, when it comes to being undercover, it's very ethical because you do very unethical things and you hurt those around you and also very importantly you hurt people who have nothing to do with it as well and those people need to be respected okay what's his reasoning to his wife for disappearing for a little while i can't remember what he he says go away on assignment like oh that's it and she's like i don't want you to go you've you've caught the guy just leave it just you know relax he he has to do it he's gonna do it now there's like there's one thing about you sneaking out for a cheeky curry or something like that but sneaking out for a cheeky illegal face swapping operation without telling your wife that that your bad husband. That's going to land you in the doghouse, isn't it? You know. Yeah, mate. You're, you're going to spend all your brownie points. I don't think they'll convert <laughs> to what you'll need to get out of this situation. The doctor who can do this operation looks like a right smug jerk, doesn't he? He does, and he had mm. that kind of aloofness about him that made me question the entire operation. I was very worried the faces would just fall off at any point in the movie because of this guy. I didn't trust him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really didn't like the visuals of the face being removed. It. it, it it was very uncomfortable to watch. I would have much preferred if the faces had a click when they came off, like, to imply that oh, we're modular beings, and I would have liked that. Like a Joy-Con coming off a Nintendo Switch, you know, that kind of... That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a real beautiful, <laughs> when nice... When you put a new face on it, it makes yeah, a nice, nice crisp... You know, yeah, but it's beautiful. not like that. And it's taken off with a kind of plastic wrap that makes it look like it's been vacuum-packed and sold as a toy, the face of, of yeah. John Travolta. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. So I saw that bag and I was like, Smithy's up to his old <laughs> tricks again. <laughs> he doesn't want to lose his bullet wound from when his son died and he gives his wedding ring to his mate. There's a slow-motion shot of him handing over the wedding ring to his mate. I think Tito, he gives the ring to Tito. If you don't do that in slow motion, how's that got to read, Sam? Now, he, he takes this quite badly, you know? Uh, he, he's not very happy when he wakes up. He ruins a mirror and tells everyone to fuck off. And that's usually yeah. not as good as you'd want it to go. So it's our first glimpse of Cage as Travolta smashing shit up, going, Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Ah! I mean, high-energy stuff here. Yeah, no, because I felt he did an excellent job of really embodying what it would be like if you woke up and you were just had Nick Cage's face. And he's like, how am I this popular actor? Oh, you know, he's very, he's very much, you know. And that's the thing is because Nick Cage, he's always Nick Cage. And he didn't really let that on at all here. That was very good acting. I have two feelings about this. One is that, like, he knew what he was getting into and he knew what the end result was going to be. But also, regardless of circumstance, if you wake up and you, have, and you look in the mirror and there's someone else's face, it's going to send you a bit. You know, loopy in it. And then he saw his face. Now he's a believer. <laughs> na, na, na. Fuck you. I'm a believer. 
Liam. <laughs> uh, he also gets around ten minutes of voice training. Like, yeah. yeah Peaches, peach, 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 peaches. Perfect. You're basically Nick Cage. I mean, they don't have that kind of technology now. Even they can't really do any good voice changing. But back in the nineties, or was this set like in the two thousands? Kind of. This is sort of in the future. Set in some sort of a mildly dystopian future. Yeah, microchip in the throat. I know. I know. It's serious. Put it in there, and he can talk like Nick Cage. And he's going to prison now. And we get another great face touching scene where he's walking into the prison, and he says to his friend my face itches and then he just goes rubs his face (laughs) it's quite cute because he looks very vulnerable when he's saying he's like he's trying to itch his face on the wall but his mate does it for him he's very sweet when he's saying my face itches it's really sad and he's what is this prison that you sent down into it's like bizarre super bad like hidden prison that you're not supposed to know about for it's the really the bad criminals. Thug house, the big house, the thug jug. Where they put big, robot big shoes. Big magnet on you. prison. What? What? What are these shoes? The special magnet shoes. I don't know right. if you played uh, Twilight Princess for the Nintendo no. Wii. But there is a dungeon that's pretty much got this whole gimmick where you've got magnet boots. And the idea is that they keep you in place and ensure that you stay in certain zones so you're not going to leave the yard because you're glued to the yard type of a thing. Now, I wish there had been some sort of montage of Sean... Is it, oh, John Travolta's character called Sean Archer, I think, of him receiving some sort of training. Oddly, uh, Sean Archer is a straight arrow, uh, just, <laughs> just so you know at home. But what, you mean like what, like a training well, montage tra- of him training getting to, to be, be good Nick at him. Cage. You yeah, know, he had like of, ten minutes, that was he it. He hadn't had any rehearsal time to be Nick Cage, and straight away, he almost, like, immediately slips up and is like, oh, I busted you, I mean, uh... I busted your balls about your small (laughs) dick. Uh, I love that the first criminal he meets, he immediately fucks fucks it up. up. Yeah, he he hasn't had the requisite training that he needs to fulfil this role. But he does then, you know, there's a big magnet brawl, or a magna brawl as it's also known, and he starts to kind of feel a little bit. He starts to get into the headspace. I think it's when you hear the line, I'm Castro Troy! Woo! (laughs) I think he starts starting to become him a little bit, Sam. He, well, he is, and he does some proper fucking fighting here. He, he nearly ices the guy. Yeah, he, he's kind of, he's mastering the weird psycho stuff already, and I think that's probably because his own psyche is damaged from the fact that he has become Nick Cage. Like, he's got Nick Cage's face, and that must be fucking him up. So he, he channels that energy, does John Travolta as Nick Cage here, to be more like Nick Cage. And it, I mean, it works. Pollux looks on, and he's sad that his brother's getting beaten up, but he, he does manage to resist actually smashing someone to death. So he's still human. Still still got some archer left in that heart of his. Everything goes slow motion again and we get some sad piano music to be like, he's still the same guy that we knew from before and he doesn't actually want to kill. He's just having a very tough time at the moment because he's become Nick Cage. And that piano was actually a really jaunty little number, but in the slow motion it becomes it quite a somber sad. piece, yeah, yeah. like, you know. We have a problem here now because Nick Cage is only waking up and sure he has no face now and I mean he's got to have a plan for that yeah I mean he's he's coming out of his coma and he's been feeling real bad because he's not got a face he wakes up he starts to realise that he's, he's got no face it's gone and he sees John Travolta's face in a jar and he does some proper terrified screaming does does Nick or John he's John screaming Nick. he's like whack foe my daddy oh there's a face in the jar ah <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, now, I like that we have the subtlety of fake caster Troy building trust with the brother here. And he's, yeah. trying to, he's trying to feel him out. The brother's real kind of suspicious and all that. So he's feeling him out and he's like, yeah, man, I mean... We're going to blow up L.A. That's, like, so cool, you know? It's, it's awesome. I can't wait to do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's how criminals talk, right? Pollux is already a little bit suspicious of his brother, so he's asking him, like, what medication is the medication that I take? And, you know, really quizzing him on, on who he is. No, they haven't... You're not wearing a wire. They've not traded your face, have they? <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a cop wearing the face of my brother, you have to tell me. Otherwise, <laughs> it's entrapment. It's yeah. the law. <laughs> And then they're like, you know, sir, you're correct. And you have to rip off the face and show him your badge. He can't remember why he started a fight with someone. And Pollux is like, it's because he's shagged his wife, mate, and his sister or something like that. Well, he says, like, you had a sex sandwich with his wife and sister. But my, Ooh, my favourite, um, John Travolta, Nick Cage being John, John, John Nick, Nick John, talking to Pollux here. The best line is that... That bar me built, it's a work of art. It belongs in the Louvre. <laughs> but the LA Convention Center will have to do is what Pollock says. He gives away where it is. He gives up his secret. He tells it where it is. Who does who better, do you think? Like, do you think... Because we get Travolta coming in now as evil Castor Troy with John Travolta's face. And I think he actually does... an. Almost a better job at being Nick Cage than Nick Cage does at being John Travolta. But I will say that it's easier to be Nick than it is to be John, because Nick has got more characteristics. I think so, but they both do a bang-up job of just being weird in their own respective ways. A a thing that I really loved when we get faceless Nick waking up, the creative ways they managed to avoid showing his actual lack of face. There's a big shadow on the wall as he's talking in a kind of scary, muffled voice, because obviously his mouth is all going to be fucked up and things like that. And But there's a, a horrible scene. They kidnap the doctor to try and get him to do the surgery on to put John's face onto him. And the, these little cuts that we get to Nick's no face, we see, like, the side of his face Bleh. with no face on it. And it does look like he's just smeared his face with tomato sauce. It does. It's a thick tomato sauce, though, Sam. It's been reduced. And we see a view of it in the reflection of the doctor's glasses, which is quite haunting. But yeah, so now... Both characters have got their swapped faces, and we're, we're in for it now. It's it's really happening here. As as the so solid crew daren't to ask once, we have flip reversed it, it, it yes. here. Is what but happened. John in the role of Nick. <laughs> Talking to Pollux, he's completed his mission, hasn't he? He's found out where the bomb is, so everything's fine. Escape, okay. right? Except yeah, done. Castor Troy has assumed his identity, and then we get the great line, the famous line. Sure, it's like looking in the mirror, so it is, but not so but it isn't. Not. <laughs> it's like looking in the mirror, but not. I mean... And he's like, hey, Nicolas Cage, I'm going to go home and fuck your wife. You know, who is my wife now, technically. Oh, this is a tangled web. He reveals that he's Nick the Wedding Ring off Tito, who he's, by the looks of this flashback, burned to death inside the lab with the doctor and everything. Everyone's, everyone's Oh, dead. actually, it feels wrong that I said iced that they were burnt to death, actually. So, Well, yeah, it's the opposite. He smoked them out. There yes, you go. Yes, they've been smoked out. And, and yes, Bragg's that he's going to go home and fuck John Travolta's wife because he is now John Travolta. Now, if someone says they're going to go home and fuck your wife, they don't mm. mention the fact they're going to go home first, read your diary, and then fuck your wife. 
Because he's like, I'm going to go fuck your wife. And then he's like, the diary. Dear diary, I have not had sex with my wife in two months. I can't get a load of this jack off. I'm going to go have sex with his wife now. What a meanie. I mean, his wife doesn't really... Well, she kind of cottons on to his sudden change in behaviour, but not enough that she's extremely suspicious. Because he's doing proper, like, looking at a bum, being like, I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. Things like that. And he's also been very easy with his daughter yes there's a very subtle bit in this scene coming up here now where he comes into his daughter and he starts eyeing her up so he does and she's a little bit suspicious because he starts acting all kind of wild and he's like give me one of them cigarettes and he's Mm. smoking on the cigarette and there's a song playing on the radio and the song is Papa's got a brand new bag, so he does. Yes. And then she goes, you're, you're acting a bit different, Dad. And he goes, yeah, well, you're going to notice some changes around here. And he takes a long drag of his cigarette, and you hear a bit more of the song. And then he goes, Papa's got a brand new bag. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there now, he said it himself, they so he did. They didn't have to do it, but they did it. I, and that's what I like, you know. Bell, they, bell and braces. This I, yeah. I didn't have subtitles on when I watched this. I felt the movie was loud enough in its imagery oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I didn't Absolutely. need any. <laughs> but hey, twist! Pollux is getting released for turning in evidence. What? He's getting released. But Nick, John, John as Nick can't get out. He's he's stuck in the prison for a hundred years as well. <laughs> I'm Sean Archer. Let me out of here. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Is what he says, and it doesn't work. Oh, 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 I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. But they switch all their faces. But they've all got the wrong faces. And you don't know who's who, and you don't know who's actually racist. And Ant and Deck as well have done it, so you don't know which ones. They did that years ago, they did that years ago. (laughs) Seriously. He'll switch your room, mate, like, come on. They're Uh, identical twins, why wouldn't they do it? Another fun trope that I like, whenever anyone swaps bodies somehow and inhabits someone else he's kind of making fun of John Travolta's face he's like this this hair this nose this ridiculous chin am I right I like that kind of gentle ribbing I mean his chin does have cleavage it is a unique chin I'll I'll give it that so he basically he's gonna live John Travolta's life he's gonna be an archer he plans to defuse his own bomb and basically you know give himself loads and loads of credit and when he comes to defuse the bomb he defuses the bomb in the most Nick Cage way possible as John Travolta dancing yeah he's dancing he does he does it with seconds to spare and he activates one of Pollux's titty lady saying you disarmed me on the screen after you've just disarmed the bomb because of course you'd have to have something like that wouldn't you if you disarm a bomb you're gonna see a cartoon booby lady bit disappointed that that was the bodiest line you could come up with like oh you disarmed me like, yeah I'm not I'm not saying I want to I'm just saying I expected no, more but you know but Pollux maybe should have done his research and come up with something a bit more bawdy than that I don't know I, don't, I find that, that bollock is in a proper lad like the like like the other guys in the gang, you know. No, but um, John brackets Nick brackets Caster is being interviewed on telly about defusing <laughs> the bomb. So confusing. But, the, but this is but this is broadcast into the prison where Nick brackets actually John is watching, and he says like, "Hey, if Caster Troy is watching this, I, I got a message for him. Interception. Now our side's got the ball. I mean, this is." None of this makes any sense, but what's I love it. What's his end game, Sam? Is he going to become the I don't head know. of the FBI? Like, what does he want to do? I, maybe he just wants to live his life as John Travolta, and that's fine. It's time for some romance, because it's date night, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. And I would say that mm. Nick Cage is not remotely trying to be John Travolta, but John Travolta 
in this scene really, really, really goes above and beyond. There's something about him creepily seducing his not-wife that is very Nick Cage. Yes, I mean, the way this scene is shot, this kind of sexy, making-out, pre-banging scene that we get here between a man and his wife, but the man is not actually the man that the wife thinks he is, is shot in a way that's very... that looks quite romantic, looks quite sensual. And when you think about what's happening... I don't know if it it could be done in a kind of slow motion black and white nightmare horror music way really because this is pretty grim yeah this is not accurately portraying the cuckolding process as it really should be (laughs) is it because it is a little bit romantic and also I will say as well from the wife Eve's perspective it all happens a little bit too easy and I'm not going to lie I did turn to Joe and ask for her assurances that this would not happen if some jamoke showed up at my face that you just fall for it hook line and fucking wink wink you know no you'd know that your personality had completely changed (laughs) and also right i don't mean to be too lewd here but that's nick cage's penis yeah you wouldn't go to the the trouble of of changing the penis would you they could 3d print it they they were went out of the way to show that they could make things like ears and stuff so maybe it's a special willy jackish to put over it do you think (laughs) i I I just get the sense and i don't know where i've got this from probably the porn parody the penises the genitals remain intact during this thing so that is that's nick cage's knob and bollocks mate the porn parody this though they'd probably just call it like get off or something like that (laughs) Beat off! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like a bizarre scene. uh, Kind of horrible. But hey, in the clink, Nick Cage has got problems of his own. Because there's a big, bad prison magnet fight. And he wins the prisoner's approval quite quickly by being like, I want a cigarette! And then he gets it. They're like, yay, you're our hero now. And then he gets taken to the electro brain machine. Yes. And this bit was really, really weird and stupid. There's a prisoner who's hooked up to this, like, total recall looking motherfucking machine. And he's like, Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got out chunky bits of sick all over all over himself he's fucking yeah. covered like and he, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then he's like fine in a second and he leads a fucking breakout with nick cage how what and this is the bloke whose wife nick cage shagged but he manages to be like hey mate it's all right your wife loves you please help me out and he does and he he I mean, he prevents a few innocent guards from dying, but otherwise, he's caused some real chaos in this prison. Despite yeah, no, the fact that I he wanted is... to point out he does kill a lot of guards, and this is where yeah. John Wood struggles a little bit because one scene he's like, "Ha, ah, I've got a vial of sulfuric acid, and I'm going to melt their faces off." Mm. And then the next second, he's like, "No, don't shoot those guards." They're just doing their jobs. I'm still John Travolta. I'm still John Travolta deep down. Pay no attention to my voice. But like, so they're showing him being like, if you scald someone with acid, that's a fucking, that's a war crime as far as I'm concerned. You you deserve severe punishment. Yeah. You you, you don't get away with being the white hat cowboy, John Travolta. Well, he does because he manages to get out. He gets on top of a big helipad. He jumps into the water. Everything's fine. Now, we had two things in this scene that were not in the previous action scenes. Two very 1997 things. Mm -hmm. Firstly, 1997 guitar whale. Yes, 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 yes. We haven't really talked about the music in this film much, but it's very good. It's exactly what you kind of expect it to be, which is daft. And also, Mm. 1997 deep screen. 
That one, you know yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. It's been used in fucking every video game that was on the N64. It, it was a cartridge-based game. It had the <laughs> that was in there. Yeah. Every movie, every cartoon, every advert. It was a law. Cocoa Pops, Crunches, can you handle the crunch? <laughs> <laughs> it is very much the Wilhelm scream of the Angry Birds generation. Yes, it is. Now, John, who is actually Nick, gets to go and visit John's dead son's grave. And I was trying to work out if Nick, brackets, as John, is actually genuinely saddened by this or is touched by that or is having any kind of emotion about the fact that this this is a boy that he killed and he's going to his grave with his wife to... He just seems to be kind of like... His reaction is if I'm made to wait for a later train. I, yeah, I couldn't read his reaction <laughs> you know? fully. I mean, yeah. your bus got cancelled on the way to this recording. Like, mm. that headspace, imagine. If you could take a snapshot, your face would have been similar to Travolta at that child's grave. He's feeling something, but it's not, you know, I killed this boy and I'm really sad. He's not He's not processing that, Sam, as well. No. Now, John Travolta... Now, Castor... <laughs> It's getting very difficult. <laughs> Castor Troy is now meant to be dead because his shoes fell off and he jumped off the side of a prison. So mm. no one, but no, he's fine yes. and and very dry. Now I want your expert analysis on this. Are they saying to you because they very much did a close up of his shoes catching fire and like burning and falling away? Are yeah. they saying, oh, good thing his shoes came off because he's much able to swim to dry land then than if he had his big heavy shoes on him? Or am I just, like, thinking, no, they just expect you to believe he swam to shore from an offshore high-security prison and is fine? I don't know if it's, like, well, he'll be fine without his shoes, because here they are and they've gone so he can swim now. I just think it doesn't matter to this film that how he was able to swim to shore. It just matters that he he did it. So he decides he's going to punk out Nick Cage, ringing up on the phone. He's like, hey, you're living my life? Then I'm going to live your life. And straight away, he's setting up meetings with baddies and gangsters. Yes. So, yeah, they, they talk on the phone for a brief second when he's trying to re- he's trying to talk to his wife to say, the man you think your husband isn't your husband. And, they, yeah, they do have a little chat. And he's on his way to the criminal headquarters where, oh boy, does everyone dress very badly. The I mean, these are, these are criminals, Sam. They shouldn't yeah. be in any way looked up to and their fashion sense is almost as corrupt as their morals. <laughs> I do like the little touch that they gave him his collector's edition day one pre-order box with the special golden guns that he can yes. hold up on the mantelpiece and yep. comes with all the special drugs as well. And I have a, on good authority, it's meant to come in a canvas bag that will be TBC released. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he's he's taking some of the drugs, right? And he, he becomes more like Nick Cage when he takes the drugs. Yes, and he but he has to try and be a dick to about himself, John Travolta. But he is outwardly appearing as Nick Cage. This is very interesting. Where he's you know having a go at himself and slagging himself off. And Sean Archer's a piece of shit. What what a stupid dickhead. I hate him. I'd like to take his. <laughs> face off i'd like to remove his face his face is coming off and then someone is literally like face off off face off face off hot tub time machine take his face off it's happening now there's a very special face that nick cage does here which is yeah. his too many drugs face i can't i can't do it I can't, uh, uh, 
it's a, uh, it's a yeah. high intensity face. It's the type of face, unfortunately, does not translate into a podcast. But Sam was making the face there. I want you all to know. Here's what I think. It's not. It kind of reads in a way as a smile, but it's not a smile. You know when animals look like they're smiling, but they're actually yes. baring their teeth to show you that they they can fucking kill you. That's the kind of thing it is. It's not a it's not a human look. It's an animalistic kind of freaking out, just acting on impulses. I'm just gonna do this big look, grrr, Sam. If you're in Nick Cage's smile. body and he's got three extra rows of teeth, you might as well show them <laughs> off. No mm-hmm. one but Nick Cage could do that face. Yeah, I think they picked the right way to swap these characters around. Because if that was John Travolta doing that, I would have stopped watching the movie. It would have been yeah. too upsetting for me. Now, Caster Troy has got some lessons to teach his not-daughter. He beats up this ghoul who's after her. Mm. And then he's like, do you have protection? And she's like, like condoms? He's like, no, not like condoms. Like this. And he takes out in slow motion a switchblade. And then he demos it in slow motion as well, which is great. Um, a very good line from Caster Troy as Sean here um, is, dress up like Halloween and ghouls will try and get in your pants. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, I don't think that's true. No, but I, I love the use of ghouls. Ghouls dress up like Halloween, and ghouls will try and get in your pants. Ghouls, mate. And we get a brief stab tutorial that was roughly as long as the tutorial on how to speak like Castro Troy. So you know, zap zap, zap zap. You know, it's a double twist. That's you do. You start. You can't stop the bleeding that way. Then, so there you go. We learned something with this movie. Mm. Erstwhile, John has got problems in bed with his not wife. So it's kind of. Well, she's not his wife. She's his, like, lover, Sasha. So she's kind of... She's got a son who he refers to as a nice-looking kid. And then it's like, surprise twist. It's actually Caster Troy's son. But I've never told you who I believe is Caster Troy. But Caster Troy still doesn't know. But he gets weird and is, like, hugging the boy and saying his actual dead son's name. So he's... John Travolta, Sean Archer, is getting emotional, inhabiting Caster Troy, seeing this boy, and, you know, realising that there's this a child involved in all of this. And it's of course, very, uh, it's a dead bit giveaway, he touches the child's face immediately. Like, that's, <laughs> that's Archer behaviour if I ever saw it. He, he can't like. stop himself. Um, I'll but tell this- you what, I feel so sorry for that boy with that haircut. <laughs> I'd say it's like they got a bowl and did it around, but it looks like mm. it was one of the, you know, like a, a particularly high or tall bowl that you don't like to eat from because you put your spoon in and it pushes your cocoa pops out. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? So it looks like this boy has got the worst run of luck in the hairpiece department. Yeah, maybe he should go and see that doctor and get his hair taken off and replaced hair with different off. hair. Hair off. That would be a fun movie. Yeah? Wait, Swapping that was a Simps- Simpsons did a parody it of... Was. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, there's a big kind of raid going on at the evil headquarters. And all the police have got electric guitars, because they got the, they pull out the guns, and it's like... And everyone's dying, like... At this point, I was kind of struggling to remember who's who and who's on whose side during this particular action sequence. I was like, there's police and there's baddies. 
and I don't know which is which or who belongs to who or who's trying to help Have who. you ever played a game, though, where it's like a shoot 'em up or like kind of a, a, a game where, it, it, like this, the main focus yeah. is on wave after wave of enemies? And do you kind of think, who are these people and what are their motivations and where their affiliations lie? Doesn't matter. Bang, 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 bang. Bang, 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 bang. You yeah, see a Goomba, you pop him before he pops you. A yes. Goomba would kill you and your entire family if he had half the option to, you know? We get the kind of juxtaposition of music because there's a little boy with headphones on in the middle of this massive gunfight we get somewhere over the rainbow playing during this mad chaos and it's it's quite beautiful john woo that's that's almost an inappropriate song to use it's so different from its source material (laughs) what are you playing at woo that's not the right music for this scene but but in a way it is oh have you seen the wizard of oz no Oh no! Oh. oh man, wait till you find out the twist. It's fucking mental. I imagine the gunfights in that are uh, off the chain, mate. But um, yeah, a lot, not much slow mo though in Wizard of Oz, like you know. The baddie bold bloke gets in the way as Nick brackets John. It's Caster Troy tries to shoot the kid, but it's his kid. He's trying to shoot it, and but the bold bloke gets in the way and takes a bullet for the kid. You do feel kind of sad when all right. these baddies die, don't you? Yeah, because I can't tell who's actually that bad and who isn't. Just more bodies, I guess. Yeah. Now, a really beautiful moment here, playing off some of the old classical tropes, but showing that John Woo is definitely a 21st century director, John hmm. tries to catch Nicolas Cage in an atrium of mirrors. Yes. Not a hall of mirrors, an atrium atrium of of mirrors. mirrors. Yes, there's a lot of mirror stuff going on, which is very apropos, very germane to the situation, because they have each other's faces, and what what is the self, you know? Who is... I was worried they were accidentally just going to turn the gun, like, he'd be like, ah, it's Nick Cage, he turns the gun and shoots himself in the head, like, you know, careful there, Nick, he'll get you. But thankfully, there's just, like, explosions out of the wazoo. Because all Uh, the FBI agents have got the fucking... They've got the assault rifles from Half-Life with the grenade launcher as the secondary fire. Like, it's it's so overkill. Pollux gets smashed through a glass roof. Multiple angles have been falling down. He's dead. He's gone. I could watch glass like that smash forever. Yeah, I I love smashing glass in slow-mo. Because I know some people hate the noise of smashing glass. It's really like, eh, because you know I've mentioned before... I'll tell you who doesn't. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Imagine that every time you get anxious when... And he comes out, oh, you know. That's why he looks so surly when he walked out. It was because he had to hear that awful noise. Like, like if I had entrance music that had a coarse brush on a wet pavement beforehand. Very funny thing here is that one of the policemen, when Pollux is dead, and the policeman thinks he's talking to John Travolta, says, Sir, why are you so upset? It's just Pollux Troy. Oh! And then he gets shot for his trouble because obviously that's that's actually Caster Troy in there. In a, a very ludicrous moment, <laughs> he ties his dead brother's shoelaces, and it's quite sweet. Oh no, no, I meant no. after that oh, where yeah. he gets named yeah, yeah. Times Man of the Year, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> local psychopath earns trust of community. <laughs> I mean, I think maybe at this point or slightly later, I just kind of lost track of what was really happening and just sort of absorbed the kind of colours and shapes and noises of what this film was and kind of let it sort of wash over me. I, I, I tell you what, I was in a similar headspace to you there mm. at this point in the movie. And then all I did was... and I, t- I did actually pause this movie once while watching. No. I, f- I just flicked up the, the time stamp on it and I saw, right, 
We've got around half an hour left. Yeah. We're going to have a little bit of downtime, then we're going to get into a roughly 20 to 25 minute action sequence. So I was kind of like not caring as much about the fine details of the plot, other than the fact that I did glean that Caster Troy, as Archer, has been going around and just killing all the drug dealers, and his boss is like, you can't be going around doing all these Gestapo tactics, you're just killing everyone. And then he karate chops him and gives him knowing glances until he has a heart attack. Yeah, so he's he's killed the the supervisor, he's gone. The but did big... you notice that he literally looked at him in the eye, and then the guy like held his heart and was like, uh-oh, I'm going to die now. <laughs> well, that's what looking at John Travolta does to you, if you just look him right in the eyes it's really why no one went to see Goatee like you know no yeah. One <laughs> yeah, the, if, if he'd have said the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem that would have given me a heart attack yeah no and he would have looked at you saying I'm going to say it now and then you would have held on to your heart and then the wickedly, wickedly talented <laughs> one and only Adele Dazeem <laughs> so John Travolta's wife is now kind of she th- is suspicious yeah that John is not John and he's Nick and she sort of is kind of confused by it. But John, brackets, Caster Troy comes back, but she nabs some of his blood to do a test because Nick at John Archer, God, Jesus Christ, right? has come in and said, like, you know, this is not, I'm not, I'm, I'm your husband. I love the bit where he goes, ignore my face. Ignore my <laughs> voice. <laughs> no, don't look at it. Don't look at my face. Yeah. And, and said, like, that's not me. This is me. All right, see ya. I'm going to go away for a bit now. And then we get the results. Bam. Turns out, 100% Nick Cage. <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping that she was going to... It like, is not your husband. Hey! <laughs> I was hoping she'd look at it under the microscope and the blood cells would be like, rah, rah, <laughs> I'm oxidizing. You know, something like that. But no, it was just a nice printout on the screen. That's fine. I love Nick Cage crying and explaining the plot of the film to his wife, by the way. That and t- and wonderful. touching her face at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, if you're going to describe the plot of Face Off to your loved one, this pandemic season, please don't touch their face. And his long round the houses story about taking a vegetarian out for surf and turf and she ate bread and she broke her tooth on a rye seed and then a drunk dentist fixed the wrong tooth and then by the time... It, and it, that, that was a story about her, right? He's talking about me and his wife and hanging out with his wife and this is a story that only he would know. I'm just going to say, I'm going to... You know what? I don't mean to date shame, but that's a shit date. Well, yeah. What? Surf and turf with a vegetarian? You get your tooth broken, and you get the wrong tooth fixed. You do want a level of inconvenience. Oh, yeah, sure. You want something to On go... On any s- date. Yeah, something goes slightly yeah. wrong, but it's to be very... Like, for instance, Joe and I, the first time I went to her house, I broke her lawn furniture. I, I literally sat down, broke it, but, <laughs> then, but then she kissed me immediately because she felt bad for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that- so they, that's the right amount of awkward. You played a bloody blinder there, mate. I think you were there... <laughs> Before, just like soaring the, the yeah. chat. Mate, <laughs> mate, six years later, she's still not asked for a refund on that long furniture. <laughs> so uh, it's going smooth. Don't worry. Your, your quid's in. Um, so, yes, yeah, so she accepts that, okay, you are my husband, even though you look like Nick Cage. You're going to have to make it up to me, but I know that it's you. Okay? I get it. You've gotten some brownie points for telling me this. It's okay. Like, yes. Yeah. But John brackets Caster Troy has come to the hospital. And he's also director of the FBI now. Hey, lovely slow motion shot of Nick Cage walking up a beach with seagulls everywhere. 
Fucking beautiful. I love it. Give yeah, me that. Inject I'll that tell into you my what, veins. this movie really made me start considering a seaside funeral for myself. Like, yeah. Normally yeah. before I was thinking, nah, just put me in a box in the ground where I can grow a tree, but... I don't know, if you can put me in a sand dune that can grow some marum grass, then I might be down with that as well. Yeah, seagulls flying everywhere at your funeral, pooping on people, I'd love it. I feel that it would unite the mourners who will be from various places against the seagulls, and that would be what I would want on my funeral. <laughs> a, a common enemy. Hey Kevin, do you like a Mexican standoff? Uh, I do, I also like a Mexican face-off as well. Yes, because that's what we get here. Everyone, a whole bunch of people turn up and start pointing guns at each other. Because the two men, the titular Mr. Face and Johnny Off, <laughs> are here pointing guns at each other. But also... I, I counted seven guns in this scene, by the way, being pointed. Sasha's here. Yep. The wife Eve is here. Yes, and the, bo- the the daughter is here as well now. She's Gu- been held captive. Guns are everywhere. A- apparently, Castor Troy didn't mean to kill Sean Archer's son. Why did he have to take it all so seriously, man? Come on, I would. I meant to kill you, not your son. Get yeah, over it. Come on, I thought you'd be more annoyed that I tried to kill you. You know. And th- and then while they're trying to explain this whole thing to Sasha. And also the daughter, I think everyone. Yeah, the, the audience. But to, to Sasha, he's like, I'm Caster, that's Archer. And Sasha chips in and says, and I'm bored and wants to just shoot people because this is this is silly. Sasha is the audience here. We're like, we're bored, shoot things. Just Boo! shoot stuff. And let me tell you, they do. Because yeah. bang, 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 big, big shots everywhere. Uh, Sam, uh, was it right to call this, I, I don't like using this phrase. This is a phrase that was used a lot very much like three years ago where it's mm. like, oh... That's a nice bit of rugby. Rugby porn. Oh, you know, the old great ravioli picture. Ra- ravioli porn. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that if anything was remotely good, it's porn. Like, you're going to have some breakfast porn in the morning. Yes, I'm having eggs. I'm very excited. It's like yes. pornography. Now, But this was gun porn. This was gun porn. Because I, porn. I don't like guns. I have no attraction to guns. But I'm not going to lie. They made guns out to be the fucking sexiest, coolest yeah. thing in this sequence. And I don't know why frequent shots to Mary, Mother of Jesus, and Jesus, Son of Mary were so necessary, but it enhanced the Atmos, for sure. It made this standoff and all this violence feel like an almost religious experience, <laughs> you know? It had a... Mate, if that's what it was like at church, then I would have been going every Sunday <laughs> to Mass. If they had those golden guns in church, uh, you'd get a lot more teen boys showing up. No, all we had were golden chalices. <laughs> Yawn! <laughs> So Sasha dies. Take care of our boy. It's take, sad take that uh, she boy. dies before the Uzis come into play, because those are the most fun gun, at least according to this movie. <laughs> Lots of that. Uh, oh, and then there's the great trope here. Excellent. Shoot him. But I'm your father. No, I'm not. I'm your father. Which one is my dad? Because I want to actually shoot my dad, so I need to know, you know? And she shoots, and I'm going to try and remember this, one of them. She, she shoots her actual dad. She shoots her actual dad. So. She shoots her actual dad, and then her fake dad then licks her. Yes. See, that's the difference. That's how you could have tell. You could have said, right then, which one of you is my dad? Show affection. Travolta would have done the hand face. And Nick then would have done the lick. Lick, and he wouldn't hang yeah. on now. That's not what we do here. Lickerless Cage, I call him. Because he... <laughs> <laughs> he loves to lick. Someone has got to Photoshop a lick-a-tongue with Nicolas Cage's eyes. But she manages to escape from her fake father using the knife that was given to her by her fake father. 
as a protection. So yeah, and she does the twist good. as well. So yeah. you taught her well. And then we've had everything, Sam. We've had a car chase a plane, a plane chase a building, men no chase men. Nowhere left to go. Nowhere left to go. Uh, excuse me, get your boat license because it's speed, speed chase. Speedboat city, baby. I've not seen a good speedboat chase in a long old time. No, and oh boy, a speedboat bursting through another boat causing a big explosion. Yes, thank you very much. I'll have that and save some for later for me afters because I want more of that because it's so delicious. And I tell you what as well, that boat was full of fireworks also because it was, <laughs> yes. it was bringing in the illegal fireworks because it hits it. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. Oh no, the, the boat's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Roman candle impression. It's a good one. Thank you. I like it, yeah. Uh, I think as a boat was ploughing through another boat, splitting the boat in two, and then exploding the boats. I think that was the point that my brain kind of oozed out of me and sort of left left my body. Do you want to see what I've written here on my notes? Boom, blam, smash. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's that's what's happening here. It's we, just... we descended into 60s Batman sound effects territory with the note-taking here, folks. I'm afraid I didn't have much more to offer you. But if you just sit and you watch... And if you close your, your eyes, eyes, you'll miss oh, the big uh, yeah. action. Don't! If you open your eyes, oh, oh, you will see a whole load of big boat explosions, chases. You'll see Nicolas Cage being dragged alongside boat by a chain, and he kind of water skis. That looks with fun. His, I want to do that. With his feet, just with his shoes. They have a fight on a speedboat. The speedboat is speeding while they're punching each other on the boat, on like the the, I don't know, the deck of the boat, the front of the boat. Also as well, very John Woo, they're both wearing plain black suits. Oh yes, looks great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't know how much of the stunt work these guys did, but I will say, I mean, we rarely have a chance to talk about stunt work on the on, mm. on this podcast, but the fucking wire work, the, the seamlessness of the stunt people looking like who they're meant to look like, this was fucking yeah. expert. Although like. there was one shot, when, so they the boat kind of crashes into the shore, the two of them get launched off into the air, and as they're kind of falling down, falling down onto the ground, the, you do see two stuntmen who don't really look like their, their parts, but that's just one shot where I can see their faces, and this is me watching in HD quality in the year of our Lord 2020, so... I, I don't think you can blame him too. I much. just say for the amount of slow mo that is in this, it's a miracle we didn't yeah. see more of that. But it, it's it's just super concentrated action here that we're getting. We get a fight on the shore with big steel pipes, it's a harpoon, and sh- baby, and shivs and harpoons, and then uh, John brackets caster troy starts trying to cut his own face up slash off it's is he the trying name to of the movie <laughs> and he gets a harpoon through the torso no here's a question because oh. i, I want to know if, oh. if this read for you or not yeah when john travolta dies and mm. nick cage screams die and he, mm. he absolutely does the way he lies did that remind you of anything oh mm. No, should it have done? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe maybe I've not done my, my job as a good Catholic because he died slumped up exactly like Jesus. Like even, oh, was he doing the... Yeah, he did the yeah. exact arms out. He slumped his head in the same way. He had the uh, same... <laughs> you, know that, you know that fucking face he... <laughs> He's... <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got... It's the really upset crucifixion face that yes. he's got on him there. Yeah. 
And he's also got the bit of blood coming down like he's wearing a crown of thorns. But what does any of that symbolism actually mean? That what? Fucking Nicolas Cage, Caster Troy is... Is uh, Jesus? Jesus? Or you're either saying Jesus is really rotten or Caster Troy is really great. And I have a problem with both of those as both a Caster Troy hater and a Jesus respecter. (laughs) But hey, Kevin, good news because... That surgeon who seemed to be the only one who could do this stuff. Oh, he's yeah. not he's not the only one who could do this oh, stuff. They've they've phew. got they've got a top team from DC to come and fix him up. Now, were you surprised I mean, because we've done a lot of action movies, you know, and you know, stuff from Ghostbusters to Arnie stuff, and you yeah. have the big kabooms, the big finale, and then there's a degree of fallout at the end of like yeah. you know, here's things going back to normal. Da, da, da. Were you surprised the severe brevity the aftermath was given well a, a little bit yeah but i i did really love it because so what happens is he gets fixed up he doesn't want his scar put him back because he's accepted what happened to his son and he's <laughs> moved on and he comes back to his home to, to his wife and his daughter as beautiful john travolta and i you have to see it if you haven't seen this the slow motion shot of him turning up at the door with his big john travolta face it's like when they come in to visit frodo in return of the king and he just uh, said, it's, it's, it's me, John Travolta. And it's also, because... Such he, a funny face. When he comes in, there's all this light bathing in, and I think they mm. want to make it look very angelic and heavenly, but the white light makes it look like he's walking in from the legitimate smog and fog of Silent Hill. It's like he's come out like of a, their nightmares to get them. And oh, the whole, and also, we have a new boy. Let's all touch each other's faces. The whole family yeah. rubbing hands yeah. all over each other. We've adopted this boy now. One of us. Daughter's doing the thing to the boy. Everyone's touching the boy. And then... Oh, and also, there's a big zoom in on the daughter to be like, and she's not doing any of that anymore. <laughs> yes, she's, she's, she's not a goth anymore. <laughs> well, Sam, face oh. off. A movie which, admittedly, there was a little bit in confusion in recapping. It's hard to explain, but I think you get a sense of the feelings that we felt watching this. And the feelings that you felt were? Elation? A kind of brainless joy. Yeah. Um... Just a, an enjoyment of a feature film, a real a real blockbuster that you can just let happen. A ring a ding dong dandy of a blockbuster. Yeah, this is very sugary and sweet, but not you know not nice, not in a nice way. But you can just just want to eat a lot of this and just feel all full and giddy and get a sugar rush and run around. And, I would say know. that it's a violent movie, but it doesn't like revel in the gore or the violence itself it's so like no, it, i mean you can make the argument that it sanitizes it too much like people get shot and there's like you know there's like oh there's all like blood or heads exploding or anything like that well, it, you know it kind of makes it it makes the chaos and the violence it always makes it look very beautiful and i just want to go kill some people now how about you right almost choreographed and nice and you know interesting and exciting and it, it's a very well shot film it knows exactly what it's doing, and what it's doing is making a proper bloody action film. It doesn't really worry too much about the fact that this doesn't make a whole ton of sense. It's a knee slapper. It knows that this is going to be confusing, and I think in the hands of any other two actors, this would be more of a confusing affair. It is still confusing at times, because you can't really fully sell yourself on the idea that they've changed yeah. and that one is the other. It's, it's not 100% convincing. It doesn't help you get- that one performance is... 
slightly stronger than the other. I don't yeah. know about you, but I feel that Travolta steals the show. This is Travolta as Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is another yeah. another swirl for an actor where I feel the actor has been a little bit outshone, and I think Nick Cage. Yeah. I never thought it was possible in a million years, but Nick Cage haunting John Travolta doesn't count as him doing a performance. No, and he's a lot more imitatable. I think. And, you know, I think obviously he had a lot more to work with Travolta than, than Nick Cage did. But, I mean, bo- both are very good. This is utterly mad. Is it perfect? <sighs> kind of. Because, I mean, like, in its, in, its, in its own standards for its own type of movie, it is without I, oh, fault, yeah. you know? So, yes. I mean, if, you, if you're looking for action film... Full with, stop. <laughs> you know, and, it's just action, yeah. It doesn't get too serious. It but doesn't it's get not too, too funny silly. either. Yeah, it doesn't no. try to make you laugh because so many... You know when someone says, oh, I want a dumb action movie, you end up watching an action comedy, an action movie that fills the lulls between action with laughs. And this fills the lulls between action with ridiculous melodrama and, like, absolute over-the-top slow motionness. This is very sincere, earnest, massive, bombastic fucking action. This yeah. is like... Let's just... This is what... You know, this is like a almost wish-fulfillment kind of teenager fantasy of what a film should be like. You Here, know? Here's a question. When you yeah. watched it, did you laugh at any points? Yeah, so, yeah sometimes. Uh, but that was mostly at the faces of some of the actors, mainly John Travolta's face I found very funny. Because I have a feeling that if you went to see a screen of this with John Woo, the director... And like most people would laugh at this movie, and that like, yeah. so there, there were times with the explosions and like during the speedboat chase where I just started laughing because of the absurdity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of it this, all. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah. I, I don't know if John Woo would be like happy with a room full of people laughing at his over-the-top action that I'm sure he believes is very nuanced and choreographed and balanced perfectly. I don't think necessarily he thinks this is a deadly serious film, but it's like this mm. is action, and that has its own inherent stupidity and silliness yeah they don't make them like this anymore let's just say no i mean i haven't seen things like john wick but i get a sense that's a bit darker than this maybe oh, john, I don't john know. wick is every other i don't care what anyone says every other moment john wick is knowingly trying to make you laugh like it, right, is, it, okay, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is like that i'm not saying that as a fault it's just a fact as far as i'm concerned i don't think this is resistant to the idea of it being almost like a parody mm. but it is just this film feels like it has belief in itself. Yeah, this is the thing that people parody. It itself is not to the point of parody. It is the most fertile ground of a field to make your parody crops grow. And your satires as well. But it has every trope in it. Yeah, it has all the every stuff Every single one. Has, has either come from films prior or has since been regurgitated in film and video game ad nauseum. It's, the, it, it's a, a culmination of a whole bunch of stuff all shoved into one big concentrated ball that you just gobble down i would say whole genres of games wouldn't exist without this you know never mind the movies but like i I think of like you know we joked about max Payne, but i think of like max Payne and you know uncharted and all the third person action games that feel like the set piece that drives them is all coming from the dna of a movie like this like i know john woo john woo has done loads of other movies obviously Mm -hmm. this is this is his big hollywood piece he's got lots of other movies from other parts of the world so i don't know if you'd ever want to watch more of john woo's stuff because i know we went into this being this cage swirl but i feel like yeah you may have taken a bit more of that away it has it's a film that has a stated intention and it just it goes for it would you watch it again yes 
Yes, I think I would. And <laughs> I would know that I wouldn't have to concentrate as hard as I did. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can really get trying... some Stardew done when you're watching this next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can have this on in the background, kind of, and just let let it all kind of unfold and still have a good time and that i can rarely say that for some films that i would watch it again and not and be able to just enjoy it yeah to zone out and just enjoy it ambiently like and that's not to say that there's no content to it or that you shouldn't pay attention to it because you should but okay so i'm trying to think of this in terms of the fact in terms of genre right I'm not comparing this to every other film that we've ever done. I'm thinking about this as as an action film Mm. that wants to be an action film. What is wrong with this? Very little, if nothing. It's a bit confusing, maybe, but that's part of it. I mean, even by 1990s standards, you have a... Cool, you have a few like cool like female characters in it, which yeah. you know we we griped about in the, you know a lot of other action movies at the time. But I thought Sasha was a pretty cool character. Got to do some cool stuff. Had some cool sassy lines. I mean, there's there's uh, there's faults you could find in it with a I'm modern sure. lens. I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, oh boy, Sam, is this your is this your thesis on why you're going to give this a very big rating? Because I feel yeah, like you're setting us up you, here. You can see what's coming. I think you, you, you know what's <laughs> happening here. Um. Not to bury the lead. It's an action film, and it hits it out of the fucking park as an action film. Mm. And the performances are great, and I loved it. I had a great time. I really enjoyed myself. So, Kevin, I'm going to be giving <laughs> Face Off two star- no, five star wipes, mate. It's a five star wipe, Bobby Dazzler. Fuck it, it's happening. You Face heard off. it here first. Hey, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, it was edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me. If you want to support the show directly and get access to our monthly bonus show, Cinema Swirl, patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at Cinema Swirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl on Facebook. If you have any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff for the mailbag, then please send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to friends or leaving reviews on whichever podcast thing you use. Hey, we're now on Spotify as well, if that's your preference. You can head over to Spotify and search for Cinema Swirl. All right, see you next time. Bye.